Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. This is Jeff Hartman. You know me, the host of Let's Ride, and this podcast is actually sponsored by, that's right, DraftKings Sportsbook. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. You've heard me do my DraftKings parlay, which will be coming up at the very end of the first segment. But with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the National Football League. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use the promo code 5QUESTIONS. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL with code 5 Questions. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right. Yeah, that's right. We're sponsored by DraftKings. This is a good thing, folks. It's Friday. We made it. We made it. DraftKings. I'll tell you what, in Maryland, where I live, they are on the verge of having the ability to use the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And even though they're doing some crazy stuff. So if you're someone that likes to just wager small amounts on football, Use that. Use what we just talked about. Use that code, five questions, and you'll love it. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to be using it once Maryland gets it passed, that's for sure. We have a lot to talk about today in this podcast. We've got, obviously, some news to talk about. We're going to preview the upcoming game, give you keys to victories. I have some random thoughts. I'm not going to do a rookie recap this week. There's nothing to recap. They didn't even play last week. I'm uh, going to give you a heart-to-heart at the end, DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay, as well as Jeremy Jerome Betts coming up in the second half to do some NFL picks. We're going to tinker with that a little bit. You'll see. Stay tuned. All right, let's get to the news. Well, everyone thought, I thought in particular, that by Friday, this show, Friday morning, that we would have news that both TJ Watt and DeMonte KZ, that they're back. Well, sort of. Half. No, just half. <laughs> DeMonte KZ is back. He was activated off injured reserve onto the 53-man roster. We, we knew this was happening. He told reporters it was going to happen, and they finally did. So how do they create space? Uh, well, if you read the writing on the wall, and I was way off, by the way. When I, when I talked about, I think it was Wednesday, the Steelers releasing Nick Skiba from the practice squad, I thought, well, this means Boswell's fine. No, he's not fine. No, he's not fine. That groin injury is not going away. That's a problem. He's going to IR. DeMonte KZ takes his spot. We'll talk about the injury report coming up here. And I, th- I think there's a way they're going to – they still have to create another roster spot for TJ Watt, but they don't have to do it before sa- Saturday. They'll probably activate him on Saturday is my guess. Uh, but still, KZ's back. That's good news. Matthew Wright. 
kicked for the Steelers in 2020. You might remember that name. He is back. They signed him off of the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad, which means that they had to activate him to the 53-man roster, and that explains why Chris Boswell goes on IR and Nick Skiba is no longer employed by the team. So there's some news. Definitely some news to, to kind of wrap your head around. Like I said, no rookie recap, so let's get into random thoughts. With the news of Chris Boswell and his injury situation, I can't help but think to myself, all the contracts that were handed out prior to the season, not all of them still look really, really good. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick's deal, I still like. I still like that deal. He's still a top-notch safety. He was paid for what he's done and what he's probably going to continue to do for a long time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you look at Chris Boswell. He got his deal. Man, I mean, it's just it's been a rough season. I'm not blaming them. And I, I'm not blaming Omar Khan either for giving out the contract. I want to make that very clear. But still, I, I, some of these just don't look that great. Then Deontay Johnson, that contract just doesn't look great. You, you listen to, on Tuesday, the Cutting Room Floor podcast with Jeffrey Benedict, and he talks about how Deontay Johnson, who's supposed to be your number one wide receiver, is the least efficient receiver on the football team. That's not good. That is not good. And when you just gave that guy, it wasn't a huge money contract, but for him, it was. That looks bad. And now you have William Jackson III who you bring in, and no, you don't have to pay him his full salary for this year. You're still paying him just south of $3 million, though, for the last nine games. Well, the dude's got a back injury he hasn't practiced yet. Come on. Like, this is These are the things that I know that hindsight's always twenty twenty, and we celebrated these deals when they were made. I understand injuries happen, but man, these, this, is, this is a tough stretch here. We're just going to put it that way. Next random thought. I have three. This is the second one. You know... The Steelers are running out of excuses. And maybe it's not the Steelers. Maybe it's the fan base. Maybe it's some of the media. They always create excuses. I've done it. You've probably done it. You talk to someone and they say, oh, man, the Steelers suck this year. Well, my response is, yeah, they sure do. And it's always typically followed up with something else. It's not just, yeah, they suck. It's, yeah, they suck, but boy, it would be nice to have TJ Watt back. There's an excuse. Or... They're really banged up. They've got a lot of guys that are out of the lineup. You got a rookie quarterback. Well, guess what? The Steelers going into the second half of this season, they're running out of excuses. If Watt and, if we know KZ's back, Watt comes back. If after two to three games, this defense doesn't look any different, which I hope it does, but if, let's say it doesn't, what's the excuse then? What's it going to be then? All right, Kenny Pickett, and in the last quarter of the season, you know, I mean, yeah, you're still a rookie, and yes, you're still seeing things that maybe you haven't seen before, but ultimately, you're looking at it, and you're thinking, gosh, you want it to be better. Now, I'm not suggesting that the defense is going to fall flat. I'm not suggesting that Kenny Pickett's not going to improve. I'm just saying that the Steelers, as a or as an organization, they're running out of excuses. And when you run out of excuses, you have nothing nothing to do but look in the mirror and say, what's really going on here? What's What's really the issue? All right, the last random thought about Matt Canada. He's here to stay folks at least for the rest of this season. I hope you're I hope you're comfortable with that. It would have to it would take something really drastic in my opinion for him to lose his job at this juncture. Matt Canada better build and he better have built. Let me let me rephrase that. Over the bye week, he better have built a a KP8 friendly offense. That means an offense that is tailored to and sculpted around what Kenny Pickett does well right now in his current rookie season and where he is in his progression and the reason why is that Matt Canada's job it relies on it if Kenny Pickett goes out and flounders the rest of this seat the rest of this first half 
that Matt Canada's gone. He's gone. They're not going to bring him back. But if he builds an offense, and I'm not saying he has to redo everything. No. You put him in, and him being Kenny Pickett, you put him in positions where he can succeed. You give him offensive sets that he's comfortable with, that he can read the defense well, that he can deliver passes that fit his skill set. Not Mitch Trubisky's, not Mason Rudolph's, Kenny Pickett's. And then they start to score some points. Maybe by the end of the season, they're averaging over 20. That sounds crazy ludicrous right now, but let's just say that's the case. And at the end of the season, they're starting to feel pretty good about themselves. Matt Canada might save his job if that's the case. Oh, boy, man, the fan base would freak out if they if, he, if they bring him back. But still, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. All right, so Matt Canada, better build that offense friendly for KP8. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's get to the crux of this podcast before we get to the preview, before we talk about keys to victory. There's a, there's a word. I've talked about it on multiple podcasts, but mainly this Let's Ride podcast for a long time. It's a, the dreaded P word, potential, potential. When I was coaching, I would have people, people that follow the team and the community, family, parents, my staff, when I was at my school, I teach at the middle school, coach at the high school, they'd say, hey, coach, how are you looking this season? And I'd say, yeah, I don't know. I think we might be okay. You got a lot of potential. We have a lot of potential. Hated that. I said it, but I hated it, hated saying it. And the reason being is that when you have that potential tag on any team, it means that you have something there. You just aren't sure if that something is going to show up. So when I would talk about potential with my team, I'd say, man, I've got a lot of skilled players. I've got a lot of young players. I just don't know if they're going to actually show up, if they're going to actually show out and, and be able to play the game at the level that is going to be required of them. And that's 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 what's the, the scary part about that word potential. But when it comes to this Steelers team, the question is, where is the Steelers potential? Like, where is it? Where is it? If I'm talking about my team, like I said, I've got a really skilled player, players, position group, something that I could say, they're going to be great. They're going to be good. It's can we fill in the other holes? I'm honest to goodness thinking to myself, what do the Steelers do well? And this all stems from Thursday morning Steelers Stat Geek podcast with Dave Schofield. He went through, I swear, I felt like he went through every single potential statistic that Pro Football Reference has and tried to find something, something, anything that the Steelers do well. And that was his whole, the whole part of his podcast was it was about what can they build upon? The answer is nothing. They do literally nothing well, not offensively, not defensively. This team is at the bottom of the barrel. No, they're not 32nd in every category offensively and defensively. But what I'm saying, what do you hang your hat on if you're the Steelers offense right now? What do you do? What, what do you hang your hat on going into the bye week? Say, you know what? We do that well. They asked Mike Tomlin that. He said, well, we think that we the protection schemes have been good and getting Kenny Pickett off the launch point, blah, 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 blah. That is a no, nothing, we don't do anything that great answer. That's exactly what that is. Defensively, what do you do well? Sack the quarterback? Nope. Take the ball away? Nope. Play good coverage? Nope. Stop the run? Meh. No. They don't do anything well. That's where this 2-6 and six Steelers team is. So the second half of the season's coming up. 
They have to build around something. If you have, if this thing has been stripped down to the studs, it is bare bottom floor. Okay, you've got a blank slate. You got to build it. You got to draw it. You got to create it. What is it going to look like? The second half of the season has to be built around something, anything. And before people say, oh, they could never do that, Jeff. Like, they couldn't do that. Are you serious? You can't do that. Well, why not? Can it get worse? Like, think about the offense. Can it get worse? Let's talk about some of these things. Three offensive things that maybe the Steelers could actually put all their time and energy into in the second half and say, we're going to build this thing from scratch right now. Like the running game. Fans will say, you can't do that, Jeff. The the running game's not good. Maybe you don't believe in Najee Harris. Maybe you don't believe in Jalen Warren that he could come in and do the job. Maybe you don't believe in the offensive line. It could be all three. It doesn't matter. But it could it get worse? I don't think so. They can't run the football. So maybe that's where they say, okay, we are going to put an emphasis on the running game. But maybe it's not it. Maybe that's not it. Maybe it's RPOs. Maybe it's okay, we're going to take advantage. And this comes from a great article that was written I think it ran on the website Tuesday. Yes, because I'm the editor. I ran it. Uh, Tuesday morning. Go back and check it out. It was called How Matt Canada and the Offense Can Kind of Eliminate the Quote-Unquote Dead Plays. Written by KT Smith. Coach, Yeah, I love his writing. Love him on podcasts. You can check him out on Friday today at noon with Brian Anthony Davis for the uh, Here We Go Steelers show. But still, he talked about how they can eliminate the dead plays. So a lot of it said it would create more RPOs, give them more flexibility to do some of those things that can kind of slow down the pass rush and the opponent from actually absolutely just trying to crowd the box. So maybe that's what they do. Okay, that's fine. Let's start there. What about play action passes? Put Kenny Pickett under center more, put the ball in the belly of the running back, and then let's see what they can do down the field. I don't know if any of these three things are the answer. Running game, RPO, play action, but they have to start somewhere. They have to find something that this offense can do well, not does do well because they don't do anything well, but they could possibly do well. Might as well start there. Defensively, blitzing, is that it? Are they, are they going to try to scheme their way to pressure? We assume that TJ Watt's coming back, and when he comes back, pressure typically comes with him. But ultimately, is is that what they're going to do? What about just trying to say we're going to stuff the run? We're going to do to other teams what teams do to our offense. We're going to bring that safety down with DeMonte KZ back. You could bring Minka Fitzpatrick down in the robber role, and he could be like that rat. He could be that guy that's going to wreak havoc both at the line of scrimmage if he has to stop the run or in the intermediate passing game. you got to do something, right? And what about just being opportunistic and takeaways? That We have seen more dropped interceptions than we have interceptions, I believe, throughout the season. And that's got to change. That has to change. We'll talk about that with the keys to victory here in a second. But here's the thing. There's no, there's no dreaded P word with this team because there is no potential right now. I'm not saying there cannot be potential. If Kenny Pickett goes out Sunday against the Saints and throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns, and runs for one, there you're, you just got it, folks. There's your potential. Yes, we finally have seen something, a glimmer of hope. Something. If the Steelers go out there with, with or without TJ Watt, sack Andy Dalton five times, take the ball away two, three times, there is something. But right now, there is no potential. It's gone. Everything that we thought before coming into this season is gone. They're 2-6. and six. They don't do anything well. 
They haven't shown up, blank slate, build it new, start fresh. This is what we want to see. And this is the scary part. As we go into the keys to victory, the scary part is, holy cow, what if this thing is the same? What if they come out and the offense is just dreadful still? That's the truly frightening part to me, is if they just come out and continue to look the same, they look out of, there's no, there's no rhythm, nothing that would be absolutely dreadful so let's talk about the preview let's get the let's let's talk about this game because you know when you talk about the Steelers and Saints yeah I have some memories about this game but you know the funny thing is you know the Steelers are two and six the Saints are three and six current spread actually is the Steelers uh they this has changed it was the Steelers getting two and a half now it's one and a half take that for what it's worth the last five games in this series the Steelers have only won one game that's it they are 1-4 and four in the last five games, and the Saints actually have the lead in the series overall in the history, 9-7. and seven. They've won 9 and only lost 7. So let's take a look at the injury report here. The injury report for the Steelers, let's talk about Wednesday. Chris Boswell was on there with a groin, William Jackson with a back, Akella Witherspoon with a hamstring, Miles Jack with a knee, and Larry Ogunjobi with a knee. All those players I just mentioned did not practice. All right, keep that in mind. Levi Wallace with a shoulder and Christian Kuntz with ribs were full participants. So let's fast forward to Thursday, yesterday. So Chris Boswell goes on IR. He's not even going to be on the Friday report because of that. William Jackson III, Akella Witherspoon, Miles Jack, Malik Reed, but it was an excuse for personal reasons, not injury-related. Neither was Cam Hayward, not injury-related, but all those players did not practice. So Miles Jack for the second straight day, Akella Witherspoon for a second straight day, William Jackson, you know what I'm talking about, second straight day, didn't practice. Larry Ogunjobi comes back to practice in unlimited fashion. Christian Coons and Levi Wallace continue to be full participants. So good news there. Larry, getting Larry Ogunjobi back is a big deal. But I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, okay, what's going to happen here? I could see Akella Witherspoon going on IR. I could see them saying, look, if it's the same hamstring, you re-injured it, we don't, we can't waste a roster spot, we're going to put you on IR, we're going to bring TJ Watt back. We'll see. I'm not sure if that's the way they're going to go with it, but we'll see. Uh, not looking good for Miles Jack, and that's a problem. That's a big problem. Let's take a look at the, the New Orleans Saints. I'm only going to look at Thursday, November 10th, and this was the most recent. Uh, they did not practice for uh, the Saints, and I'll tell you if they've returned or whatever, but Mark Ingram, the running back, he did not practice with a knee, and he didn't practice on Wednesday either. Keep an eye out for that. Jarvis Landry with an ankle, he's been limited the last two days, so maybe he's trending in the right direction. Cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, it's a big name, uh, did not practice on Thursday and didn't practice on Wednesday either with that same abdominal injury. Uh, Eric McCoy, a center with a calf injury, he hasn't practiced yet this week. Got to remember they're on a short week. Andres Pete with a triceps injury as a guard, he didn't practice the last two days. Pete Warner, the linebacker, hasn't practiced either. Marcus May, the safety with an abdomen, he was added on Thursday, didn't practice, and Cam Jordan was given uh, some rest. He was given some rest. And I forgot, Marcus Davenport, a defensive end with a calf, was limited for the second straight day. So the Saints are banged up. Remember, they lost to the Ravens and uh, on Monday Night Football, and then they have to travel. So they have to travel on a short week. That's tough. That is really tough. So what does this all mean for the Steelers? The offensive keys, defensive keys, let's talk about it. On offense, three keys to victory. You got to mix it up. And this is not just run versus pass. 
It is. It could be mixing up how you run the football, who you run the football with. You, uh, people that want Najee Harris benched, in my opinion, are stupid. Don't you don't want to bench him? You just want to maybe limit his touches and increase Warren's touches. If that's what you got to do, mix it up, mix it up. The style of plays, mix up RPOs, how you're running the ball. Give Kenny Pickett some designed runs. He's mobile. He can run. Figure something out. Mix it up. That's key one. Key two. You have to improve in key areas. I've talked about it ad nauseum. Third down. Yes, Dave, I still won 50%, even though 40% is considered league average. Give me 50% and you'll show me that the team is headed in the right direction. The red zone also. You get down when the field gets short. You can't settle for field goals. That's got to improve. And lastly, show some big playability. Some big playability. When it comes to scoring plays, the Steelers are the only team that has these <laughs> – I laugh every time I read this. Their longest scoring play of the year right now is eight yards. Eight yards. That is last in the NFL in terms of the longest scoring play. The longest, Buffalo Bills, 98 yards against the Steelers. We all remember that. But the longest scoring play for the Steelers this year has been eight yards. Show me something that you have some type of big playability within the offense. So let's go to defense. Pressure the quarterback. Andy Dalton. The Steelers are familiar with Andy Dalton, okay? And the Saints have given up some sacks. Get after the quarterback. If TJ Watts back, you know he's just going to be like a man on fire. He's going to be going out. He's going to be going crazy. At home, first game back since week one. Yeah, heaviest first game at Acrisure Stadium, to be honest with you, because the first week, week one was on the road. Second thing. Ben, don't break. The, the Saints will put up some yards. I believe, if I recall from Dave's podcast, they are sixth overall in terms of yards. They don't score points all the time. So if you have to give up some yardage, that's fine. But don't let them score touchdowns. Keep them out of the end zone. And lastly, create opportunities for the offense. I hate to have to put this on the defense, but I have to. I have to put it on the defense. They have to create opportunities for the offense. Give them short fields. Get the ball back. Three and outs. That's going to be absolutely crucial for this team going forward. So to recap, the keys of victory on offense, mix it up, improve in key areas, and show big playability on defense, pressure the quarterback, bend, don't break, and then create opportunities for the offense. All right, it is time. My parlay, oh boy, my DraftKings Sportsbook parlay is back, baby. It is back. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, here's the parlay. I have the New Orleans Saints total points. All right, we're going to go 19 and a half. Take the under. The under, okay? I like the Steelers' defense this week. Give me TJ Watt. Give me KZ back. Give me a fresh team. I like them keeping them under 19 and a half. Take the under. That's plus 115. Second part, Pittsburgh total points, 20 and a half. I know they're average 15 points a game. I'm taking the over. Okay, I'm taking the over 20 and a half. They should be able to put up 20, 21 points, and that's plus 120. And then I decided to get a little risque on you. And I'm talking about an anytime touchdown score. They have to score a touchdown at some point. You know, Chase Claypool's gone. Who's going to fill in, especially in the red zone? My boy, Pat Fryermuth. I've got Pat Fryermuth as the anytime touchdown scorer, plus 230. There you have it. There you have it. 
Be sure to check out Behind the Steel Curtain Twitter feed. This Sunday, I will be posting an image up there so you can check it out. Then you go to DraftKings and place that bet. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. As always, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Man, I hope one hits. I just, I really hope one hits, just so I can say I did it once. That's all. All right, folks, when I come back in the second half, we got Jeremy Jerome Betts talking NFL picks, talking Steelers, and at the very end, you know, we always have a heart-to-heart on Friday, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is Friday. It is the second half of the Let's Ride podcast, which means it is time for All Bets Are Off with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jerome? How's it going? It's going good, man. I'm having a good week and uh, looking forward to some Steelers action this weekend. Yes. How was your bye week? Good one? It was good. Uh, renewed focus and vision of the the Steelers and uh, you know, just enjoyed a, a Sunday with my family. Didn't watch much football actually. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had a good time. So, um, you know, when they were talking about doing maybe two bye weeks for an extended schedule, uh, I thought that might be a good idea. I, I would enjoy that. I'm down for it. I really am because I love the bye week. I was able to get a ton of stuff done that I've been putting off. Uh, you said you had a renewed focus on the Steelers. Explain that a little bit. Well, what do you think? Yeah, I think just perspective wise, it's, you know, you get to two and six and you think, um, you know, it's, it's time for a, just a different focus. And, uh, when you started the season, you were looking at, Hey, this team's got a lot of weapons on offense and maybe Mitch Trubisky can hold down the fort and play, uh, you know, above the line at quarterback and TJ Watt in the defense, uh, make creating turnovers and causing havoc, giving the offense more opportunities. Maybe they're, um, a, a fun squad this year. Maybe they make a playoff push. Well, Injury to TJ Watt, and then the quarterbacks haven't uh, played up to par, really, and some of the offensive skill positions have looked underwhelming, and play calling's been rough. And so you, you kind of just have to change your perspective and say, all right, the rest of the season, what what positives can come out of this? Um, and I think continued growth from Kenny Pickett, I just want to see him uh, be able to comprehend the field, make smarter plays, smarter decisions, uh, move the ball a little more frequently. I don't necessarily need the Steelers to win every game to be happy with this season. I want to see TJ Watt come back and the defense show that um, when he's healthy, they can play as a complete unit. And uh, maybe some of these pieces that the Steelers have added, uh, Demonte KZ coming off of injured reserve and, um, and, uh, uh, William Jackson, the third, sorry, that's who I'm trying to think of, uh, coming in and, you know, maybe he doesn't play this week. We haven't seen him practice yet. Um, but if he plays, you know, and, and the rest of the season, how does he fit in this defense and what does it mean moving forward? So that's what I kind of mean by new focus, new perspective on the Steelers. No, that's good stuff. I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I have a question about the quarterback because you brought up Mitch Trubisky and stuff like that entering the season. I think we all thought the same thing. Do you think the Steelers mismanaged the quarterback position? You know, it, at the time when, when uh the my or I'm sorry the the Jets came game came around I was I was ready for a change but I was hoping that they would kind of make that decision earlier in the week give Kenny Pickett a chance to uh, have that full week and a half uh, after the Thursday night game against the Browns to get ready 
Uh, so I figured that Kenny Pickett, based on what we've seen in college and seen uh, in the preseason, that he was kind of ready to just jump in and be, uh, you know, a work in progress, yes, but that he would be a guy that it wasn't too big a stage for him. And, you know, maybe that stretch run should have been a little bit more um, in in tune with that, that stretch with all the tough games before the bye week, the Bills, the Eagles, the Dolphins, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, maybe kind of seeing that and saying, let's not throw him into the hottest fire we can, <laughs> you know, give him a chance. And maybe this would have been the best uh, time for onboarding for Kenny Pickett uh, here. And I think looking back on it, uh, the Steelers might've done things differently depending on who's calling the shots. We have a couple guys, uh, in our group that think yeah. maybe it was higher up than even Mike Tomlin. And so you kind of have to, depending on who's calling the shots, you got to roll with it. But that's what I think uh, looking back hindsight is 2020, obviously maybe a, a different approach could have been taken. Okay. Agree or disagree with, with the next statement, agree or disagree. Kenny Pickett is the type of quarterback that you have to worry about a, a sense of fragility with confidence, meaning he has a, he's fragile when it comes to his confidence. You agree or disagree? I disagree with that. I think some of the mistakes we've seen from him, not necessarily confidence related, just uh, making the wrong decision. You know, uh, it's more or less that he's, he's got to get into the flow of the NFL game. He's got to uh, learn the offense better even and, and trust his receivers a little bit more. But as far as like the confidence to go out and, and just sling the rock and make plays and, and, uh, go trust his vision. I don't think he's lacking in that. Yeah. That, you know, Bill Cowher is the one that said, you know, oh, you, you worry about his confidence. Hmm. The dude wants to win. He's a competitor. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I don't know. I did not follow him in college. I'm not going about to, I'm not about to sit here and tell people like, Oh, it went back in his five years of pit. No, I, hmm. I didn't even, that wasn't even on my radar, but I've listened to every interview he's ever done since he was drafted by the Steelers. Mm-hmm. This dude does not lack confidence. Okay. And he's also yeah. been through rough stretches in his career. His time at Pitt, his senior year was exceptional. Other than that, it was there was some tough times. And so right, this right. dude, he's been through tough times. Now, something I talked about in the first half of the podcast is how the Steelers do nothing well right now, offensively or defensively. <laughs> like you just yeah. you agree with that, right? Like there's do, nothing 100%. that they can hang their hat on. Okay. Yeah. If on offense, let's start offense first. If you were to try to say, okay, we have a blank slate, we're going to build something now. Like we're going to put a, we're going to put a renewed sense of focus on this one aspect of our offense to say, this is what we're going to build. Where are you going in that regard? Two tight ends, a 50 50 split between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and run the football. That's so you're run, your running game. Like I, I'm, I'm all about it. Like that's fine. Yeah. Let's do it. You know, let's see what we, they can do. I mean, I agree 100%. Go ahead. Continue. Sorry. To no, interrupt. yeah. I was just going to say, when you have a rookie quarterback, the last thing you want to do is force him to throw the ball 50 times a game. And I I don't care if it's not even really working that much. Stick to it a little bit more than what we've seen. Work some guys in there that have a little more juice to them right now. And I'm not saying Najee Harris is, is going to get replaced by Jalen Warren, but Jalen Warren has more juice right now. He's got more confidence right now. Uh, at least that's what we've seen. And I know they've been throwing him in situations where defenses might be playing a little more slack. And so, uh, you know, some of that perspective of this guy's better than Najee Harris, that could be a little skewed, but at least give the more explosive players some more opportunities and you see what you can do. And now you've got 
Claypool is out of the picture, right? So your top three wide receivers have gotten a little bit worse as a, as a unit. So bring in Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry a little bit more uh, in 12 personnel and, and just pound the rock a little bit more. I think that that's a, a, a good plan for the Steelers team. And it also is a ball control style offense that plays to the defense's ability to create turnovers. And I think that you'll see more splash with TJ Watt on the field. Well, let's flip the script. Let's do the same thing. The defense doesn't do anything particularly well either. I think the run defense is their highest ranking, but it's not good. I think it's 18th or something (laughs) like that in the league right now. It's not great. That's uh, still bottom of half of the league. What would you say? Okay, again, what onus are you putting on the defense, assuming that Watt and KZ are back for the second half? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking for me to be creative here, I'm not going to do it, Jeff. I'm just not going to do it. It's it's (laughs) the simple stuff. I talked about running the football. It's it's rush the passer. That's that's yeah. what it's all about for this defense. I've been saying since the beginning. A lot of people have been saying it since the beginning of the year. I'm not trying to take credit for it, but since the beginning of the season, the Steelers' defense is predicated on pressuring the quarterback with four pass rushers, with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith off the edge, and then Cam Hayward and whoever uh, in the rotation pushing the middle of the pocket. And when you when you're missing the key piece of that tj watt uh, then the offense doesn't have have a guy that they have to just zone in on and focus on and and then the other guys you know can can wreak havoc as well so uh, i think the whole defensive philosophy is compromised not necessarily personnel wise uh, but you know the philosophy of it when when you're missing a guy of the caliber of tj watt so getting back to rushing the passer this week against a Saints team that struggles to pass protect and against a quarterback in Andy Dalton that can be a turnover machine if you pressure him right, um, it's a huge chance for the Steelers to jump off and jump off well on the defensive side of the ball, getting back to what they are, their identity on defense, which is rushing the passer. All right, so before we get to our NFL game picks and we get to the predicting the Steelers' uh, score in the game and how we think it's going to play out, I want to ask you a question. This is going to be a weekly question from here on out, and that is, as we sit here preparing for Week 10, mm. what position, it's not offense or defense restricted, it can be anywhere, what position All tops right. your team need list heading into the second half in Week 10? All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go spot. with putting you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, let's do, <laughs> let's go offensive line. Um, I think that's, the, I got to be more specific. Oh, tackle, okay, okay. guard center. What? Okay. Okay. Here it is. You ready? It's, yeah. it's left tackle. It is. It's Dan Moore okay. jr. Um, he, when you don't have a, a really solid left tackle, then you're compromising for that in your offensive line scheme, the whole game. So if you don't have that guy that can just hold his own on the edge, uh, every play, then you're having to compensate with help to that side with a tight end or, or Kevin Dotson's got to make sure that he chips the, the DN before, uh, going to his guy. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a mental game at that point. And so if the Steelers can't fix left tackle, then they're going to have this issue along the offensive line moving forward. It's you see it all across the league when you're, when you're missing the stud, uh, backside blocker. All right, we'll see. Steelers haven't taken a left tackle in the first round in uh, decades, I think. So yeah. it'll be interesting. But all right, Jeff, we'll, we'll here, keep, if I if up? I can just say yeah. if they're if the Steelers end up outside of the top five in 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 a draft pick, I think they go offensive tackle, um, and because that's the the 
range for it. And a lot of teams are going to take quarterbacks and defensive stars, but if they're in that top five, if that's where they end up, then I think you end up looking at a defensive player. Um, that's generational type talent. I really hope they're not in the top five. <laughs> just <laughs> <Same. kid. laughs> The rest of the season will just be awful if they end up there. Okay. I agree. What we're going to do with the NFL game picks is not only is this slate of games very NFC heavy this week in week 10, yeah. but I've decided that Jeremy and I are just going to give you the picks for the games that somehow mean something to the Steelers. Maybe it's upcoming opponents. Maybe it's the Chicago Bears every week. We're always going to talk about them with the second round pick. Uh, or you know, if you want to know our full slate of picks, you can go to an article. It's going to run every Friday afternoon. Dave Schofield writes it. You see a nice little tally site graph in there, and it shows us our overall records, all of our picks. You can check that out. So, all right, let's get this thing started. We're going to talk about some picks that we care about as Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Sunday, 1 o'clock, Detroit Lions go to Chicago. The Chicago Bears, yes, it's an NFC North matchup, but the Chicago Bears, who are 3-6, and six, they right now that second-round pick they're giving the Steelers for Chase Claypool is pretty nice. The yep. Bears are actually giving 2.5. What do you think about this game? I think the Bears are probably going to win this game, and it's more about Justin Fields' growth, who is becoming my favorite player to watch outside of the black and gold uh, in football this year. He's just so dynamic, and um, unfortunately for Steelers fans, I think that he's going to be able to win some games this year, and the Lions are just a mess. I think their win over the Packers was um, more of a testament to the Packers' struggles than anything, so I like I like the Bears at minus three to, to cover this uh, and cover it by a pretty large margin here. And I, I like the over as well uh, for both of these offenses. I, I agree. I like the bears. I have minus two and a half. That line's shifted a little bit since mm. then. And uh, the over as well. Yeah, we'll take, I'll take the bear. Unfortunately, Hey, maybe Detroit can rise up. That would be fantastic. Yes, that'd be great. I don't, I'm not predicting that. Let's go to the other one o'clock game. Cleveland Browns at the Miami dolphins, Cleveland getting three and a half points. According to my book here, what do you think about this game? So this game has, has the makings of a, a big time shootout and you know with the way Jacoby Brissett is playing and getting Amari Cooper involved and the way their offense does such a good job of using the run to set up the pass I think the Dolphins could have some trouble here however Tua Tungavailoa and the the speed of those wide receivers for the Dolphins creates a mismatch every week because nobody can hang with them and the way they play offense with all of the um, the play action and the RPOs and everything, it forces teams to play man coverage. And you just can't do that on guys that run that fast. So I still like the dolphins, even though I think it's going to be a high scoring close game. I like the dolphins uh, to cover and, and handle business against the Steelers division rival. I agree. I think the uh, Miami dolphins win, even though they're giving points at home. I think that they're just, they're starting to come into their own. I think the dolphins are going to be a force, uh, down the stretch in the AFC race. We'll see how that goes. All right, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts and the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a 4.05 yeah. kickoff on Sunday. The Indianapolis Colts are on the road for Jeff Saturday's first game ever <laughs> as a coach in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> so this, is, <laughs> this is interesting. Uh, you know, Sam Ellinger, I think that's how you say his name, is still the quarterback. Uh, the Raiders at home are giving four and a half points. I have no clue about this game, but what do you yeah. think? So Sam Ellinger, Ellinger is, my yeah, there you go. <laughs> to, the That's El, right. to the Ellinger family <laughs> who are definitely listening to this. Yeah, right for now. sure. <laughs> uh, Sam Ellinger is not the future in Indianapolis. And you know, what is the future in Indianapolis? That's a, the big question right now. But I mean, what's the future in, in LA? They just put, or I'm sorry, in Las Vegas, they just put um, two of their uh, 
best pass catchers on injured reserve in uh, Hunter Renfro and Dar- Darren Waller. Neither of those guys will be available to them for the next four weeks. And they've been losing games uh, to bad teams. So I don't know what you think about this one either. Uh, you know, the Colts have a pretty good defense, but I just don't trust their offense to get going anymore. Uh, I do like, um, are the Raiders still getting six? That's what I, I have four and a half. Okay. Okay. So that's a little different. I had the Colts with the Raiders getting six, but I actually like the Raiders at four and a half. Um, well, the Colts are getting points. The Raiders are giving points at home. Right. I I like the Raiders to cover at four and a half. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's what I have. That's (laughs) what I have too, because sometimes teams can rally around a coach, I, but this guy is not like some interim coach that just stepped up from an assistant position. Like, it's a whole new face, a whole new voice. I I don't know. This is yeah. so foreign. This has never happened. Uh, this is going to be really interesting to see. So, okay, that does it for the weekly picks. All the other games are NFC games or an AFC opponent that doesn't matter for the Steelers. So let's talk about the game at 1 o'clock at Acrisure Stadium. The Saints coming to the Steelers this this book, uh, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, op- this game opened at two and a half points, get the, giving the Steelers two and a half at home, mm-hmm. and now it's down to one and a half. I think they're probably expecting that T.J. Watt reinstatement. Yes. So I have the Steelers plus one and a half here. Jeremy, how do you see this game playing out? What's your final score prediction? Uh, I have the Steelers plus one and a half as well. Okay, And, you know, the, the whole key is, is Watt, and I think uh, Watt gives a lot of – a lot more opportunities to the offense with his presence on the defense. And it's just because he's able to uh, allow the Steelers defense as a whole to play more loose, to attack the football, to, you know, play with their eyes in the backfield uh, because he, he just shortens the clock on the quarterback so much. And in the run game as well, his backside pursuit is some of the best in the league. So um, the saints are struggling offensively defensively in the secondary they're pretty good so that's why i say the steelers need to really ground and pound this week against the saints uh who could do a good job of of handling uh the steelers passing game so using the run to set up the pass and and splitting the the workload from naji to to warren to really give um the saints a lot of looks in the run game is is are my keys now, if Pittsburgh wants to win, they're going to have to get some turnovers. I think they do that at home in a crowd that's ready for TJ Watt to come back. They're ready for anything positive. It's going to be loud. So I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring close game because that's the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Saints this year. But I have the Steelers winning by one, 17-16. Oh, wow. Ooh. I could see a game like that. I could. Yeah. I really could. Uh, but you know, when I looked at the injury report for the Saints – I mean, they're banged up and they're on a short week. I mean, think about some of these players. Uh, you got Marcus Davenport, who's limited two days in a row. Mark Ingram hasn't practiced this week. Jarvis Landry's been limited. Marshawn Lattimore hasn't practiced yet this week. Um, Pete Warren, the linebacker, hasn't practiced yet this week. Yeah. Safety Marcus May hasn't practiced yet this week. I mean, they are banged up. And so I thought about that. I thought about the Steelers coming off of the bye, them on a short week. And I just think the Steelers' offense is going to have a different look to it. I'm not sure. saying that look's going to work. I just think it's going to have a different look to it. I think that this is when Kenny Pickett got to sit down finally with the offensive coaching staff and say, "What this is what I do well. This is what works well for yeah. us. Why? Well, let's get rid of the Trubisky stuff. I hate to say it, but that's just, there's a lot of the stuff that's probably in the playbook because that's what Trubisky was comfortable with. Kenny Pickett might not be. So I actually have the Steelers winning this game 
I think it's going to be close. I think there's going to be a possession at the end that might decide it, but I have the Steelers winning this game 23 to 17. So I like the Steelers getting points at home. I love the home dog. I I am taking it's a push with the over under at 40 and I'm saying take the Steelers on the money line as well. So that's going to be exciting. So I've got 23, 17, you've got 17, 16. That's good stuff. All right, Jeremy, it's your chance to talk to the Ride or Die crew, tell them what's coming up and uh, how they can find you on social media. Sure. Well, in this rare black and gold versus black and gold matchup, uh, it's it comes down to T.J. Watt. And I'm writing an article that should come out before the game about T.J. Watt and his impact on the, the Steelers uh, in all phases. So be looking for that. And you can also check out the Steelers fix. We just did a, a fun fantasy episode this last week for fan, fantasy football lovers. Um, so check that one out if you're looking for fantasy help for the remainder of the season. And we'll be talking Steelers football again on the Steelers Fix this coming Tuesday. Check that out. Follow me on Twitter at TheBets93. Love it. Love it. Jeremy, as always, thanks for your time. We will talk to you next Friday. Have a good one. All right, man. See you. All right. Thank you to Jeremy Jerome Betts for taking the time, as he always does on Fridays. It is time for our Heart to heart every Friday. This is how we finish up the show, folks. I was listening to let's uh, to not not let's ride. Come on, Jeff, get it together. It's Friday. Come on, get it together. I was listening to what Yin's talking about on my way home from work on Thursday, and I was just thinking about the fan base. And you know what? The fan base can be exhausting. I was talking with Dave Schofield. We were decorating our Steelers tree. Brian Davis was with us as well. And we, we have this, there's a barn in Maryland, and they have all these trees, and you can go and you can decorate a tree. And it's just really cool. And so we do it, and we get the one right in the front. It's a Steelers tree. There's a lot of Ravens trees there, but we always get the front tree. It's a lot of fun. The second year in a row, we've gotten that tree. And uh, we were talking to Dave. I was like, how's how's the bye week been for you? You know, And we talk every day, but still, he said, I've just had a – it's just been great – like a break, a break from the fans. Because sometimes the fans can be exhausting. Yes, they can. They can be exhausting. You know, we can all be better fans, though. You know, I mean, we can all take a step back sometimes and say, you know, it. I want the team to win, but if, if they don't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna become a jerk over it. I'm not going to go after people on Twitter because of it. I'm not gonna say hurtful things or want people to lose their jobs immediately over it. So let's just try to be better. I think that's what I want to say here. Let's just try to be better. Be better fans in the second half. You want to predict something, predict something you can actually control, and that is your attitude towards this football team. We all want the Steelers to win, but if they don't, sometimes you got to say, I can't control it, so I'm just going to have to let it go. I'm going to want them to do better next week. That's just what, Let's just be better, okay? Let's just be better. There you go. All right, folks, that does it for me. The Steelers play at 1 o'clock. That means I will be there on the postgame show, so make sure you check me out there, and then I will be back on Let's Ride on Monday with the winners and losers. As always, don't miss out on that one. All right, that does it for me. Have a great weekend, folks. I will be back on Sunday and on Monday. You know, we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit MFM.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.